레이디 자기야 나 완전 중요한 할말 있어 나 I am pregnant I'm puppies um, What's, what's up, up big floopers? floopers? Yep that's how I do it What's up <laughs> big floopers? And welcome to the second week in a row where we're back with Flooping the Pig I'm Brad Garoon and with me as always is Kevin Ford and also Justin Houston's here Having just watched a new episode of Adventure Time, and God bless him, he didn't spoil anything for me. We are going to try to keep our spirits high, because last week we reviewed one of the best chunks of four episodes of Adventure Time there was, there have been, there were. And this week, the episodes are good, but how do you compare to that chunk? But let's, let's keep the energy high. Let's get the energy high and keep it high. Let's get it high and keep it high. Let's get it high and keep it high. Justin, let's talk about Lady and Peebles. All right, Lady and Peoples is an episode. Don't be a jerk. Get it high and keep it high. What? What are you? Oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, Lady and Peoples uh, is uh, it's kind of a confusing title, but because I've never heard anyone call her Peoples, but Peoples is referring to Princess Bubblegum. Um, this starts out with the both of them in like an igloo sort of thing, and Lady Rainicorn is very panicked about something, and since she does not speak the English language, uh, we really don't know what all she's saying or it entails. So um, we do know that uh, Princess Bubblegum is packing some heat, that they're going to go to these black ice caverns that haven't been like properly documented and, and, and um, cartographed. Is that the right use of that word? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, oh, good. So uh, – but they're – basically the, the gist of it is that the Ice King has been doing some messed up stuff. Finn and Jake are missing. They've been missing for like three weeks, I think. Um, so – they are hunting them down, and um, Rainicorn is really, really worried uh, about Jake. And uh, so they go down into this um, the, the Black Ice Passageway, and um, there's a just like a bunch of zany stuff happens. And PB has to use her multiple arrays of weapons, including some weird eye creatures and uh, these kind of tentacle things that slap Lady in the eyeballs. Um, and she ends up getting hurt. Lady gets hurt. And Lady's like, I'll be all right. But then she collapses. And Bubblegum's like, I'll come back for you. So as they're going through here and she's uh, sort of looking for Ice King, um, <clears throat> and she's using her little heart monitor to see them, she sees that Ice King has been, like, torn open. And uh, I think Finn and Jake are there, like, unconscious. And it's the return of Ricardio who has built himself a very superficial uh, but muscular body and uh, to try to woo the princess's heart. Not the princess herself, I don't believe. Just her heart. Wants the no, heart. Uh, he wanted the heart the first time he came around, and now he says he realizes that he wants the whole package. Okay, he wants all of it. Okay, so, so she's like, yeah, I'll go with you if you can beat me in hand-to-hand combat. Uh, she promptly beats him physically and then emotionally cripples him <laughs> so that he ends up just sort of dragging himself away with the arm and the leg he has left. And then we cut to them being in the hospital where um, Finn wakes up and tries to warn her about everything that just happened, not knowing that she already solved all those problems. Ice King, they built him a new heart out of, like, maracas and some candy and Toffee. stuff. Toffee. Okay. And he's just as annoying as ever, and except maybe kind of a little hopped up on sugar, having sugar organs. I don't know. Um, but he's just kind of going nuts. Meanwhile, she goes over to Lady Rainicorn and feels really bad about putting her in danger because she saw 
what was on the heart monitor and that she didn't know. And Lady, you know, kind of says it's okay or indicates it's okay and goes over. And in her first line of English in the show, I think, she looks at Jake and says, I am pregnant. To which Jake responds, I'm puppies? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. He's, I think it's a wonderful departure uh, from the, uh, the kind of the normal. It, it puts them in the spotlight for the first time. But, uh, Kevin, what did you think of it? I'm with you. I thought it was a nice departure episode, too. I like the uh, the PB and Raina Corn team. And I think even though she doesn't speak English, they do a really good job of having Lady Raina Corn emote and you get an idea of what she's saying, even if you don't understand exactly what she's saying. Uh, I was honestly really surprised by the Ricardio reveal. Uh, I just didn't expect it. Just blindsided me. But it was it was fun. Again, I like when they bring back the older characters. And uh, when Ice King's there dancing at the end, filled with the rockers and stuff, I thought that was a very Justin Houston thing. So a nice yeah. Justin moment there. Uh, and yeah, the pregnant thing is interesting. I guess we'll see where that goes. And uh, I actually, I, I don't think that it's that it's as um, intuitive as you think it is. Uh, what lady is saying when she's speaking Korean? I've, I've, I, as I watched it this time, I went and looked at the translation, and some of the stuff she says is really freaking weird, hilarious but weird. Like there's one part where she talks about how she keeps having these dreams about being attacked by zombies, but the best part is at the very end she goes, "But I guess that makes sense. I have been attacked by zombies twice, and then it goes to Peebles, and she's like, "Yeah, that is true because it happened because of Peebles." Well, um, I mean, I don't necessarily mean what she says is all that intuitive, but. You at least can you can see her emotions and expressions, and they do a good job with that. Right, but for example, one of the things that she says in the very beginning is she's worried that Jake, she's afraid that Jake is dead, and she's like, what is the last thing I said to him was that the soup he made me was too cold. I said the soup was cold, or something to that effect. It's, it's really funny uh, on that level when you go a little bit deeper and read the translations, because I think this is the episode where she speaks the most. There are two more episodes where she's featured you know, kind of heavily, but I think this one, she gets the most dialogue. Yeah, she has a long diatribe. I mean, that's that whole thing about um, having the dreams about the zombies and stuff is sort of in one contained area where she gives a, a speech inside that igloo at the very beginning. It's it's worth going back and seeing that dialogue, I feel like, after the episode and really reading it, especially the stuff, um, the thing she was complaining about was noodles. Um, she noodles, was complaining, right. yeah, that the noodles weren't, uh, there was something was wrong with them. And they were soggy or something, yeah. Right. And PB goes, you need to like calm down. And she goes, I'm sorry, I've just been eating a lot of noodles. <laughs> yes. And it's this really simple way of illustrating like guilt of her just basically saying that these noodles that she like kind of made fun of him, it's the last little bit of him, you know, that's something of his. So I, I just feel like at some point she just started consuming the Jake noodles, you know, after two or three weeks gone. I mean, it's not, it isn't, you know, specifically say that, but that's what I inferred out of it. And I guess that's the benefit of just being able to read it rather than hear it in the episode. That's so funny. Cause I just took it as a joke. Like she's talking about how much she hates these noodles. And then PB's like, all right, relax. And she's like, I'm sorry, these noodles, <laughs> they've right. really gotten to me. And which is probably um, what it is. I probably infer too much. I should use that in real life. Sorry guys, these noodles. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, do you guys ever eat like, like really good ramen? No, not I, like top no. ramen, like the ramen that I take photos of and put on Instagram. No, no, oh, it's so what? Good. So fr so flipping good, Justin. You got to get on Instagram. No, no, he doesn't. Just, do I social don't. media, man. Just do it. I'm on Twitter. You don't. You're Justin, not really. at Justin J Houston. Nicely done. Speaking of things <laughs> that are annoying, is Justin's lack of social oh, media. Oh God. I am gonna try not to grab a razor and draw a bath 
while I tell Jesus you Jesus Christ Brad Brad that uh, attitude about awesome. you made me which is an episode of Adventure Time that is the second episode of Adventure Time that features Lemon Grab <laughs> so why how did I get stuck with this Finn and and is Finn is using this machine of Princess Bubblegums where he gets to see the aura of the candy people that are in the machine and the first uh, person's aura that he sees is crunchy and crunchy has a nice rainbow aura and then finn wants to see peppermint butler's aura but peppermint butler thinks that's a terrible idea which i like as a bit of continuity and then jake isn't amused by any of this so he he gets tired he wants them to go home so finn and jake start heading home but on their way out they run into a security booth where two banana guards are watching people sleep and to prove that they're not being creepy they actually tell Finn and Jake that what they're actually doing is uh, watching this weird TV show or in their minds they've turned into a weird TV show because as it turns out the Earl of Lemongrab is showing up in random candy people's bedrooms and watching them sleep so uh, they don't want Princess Bubblegum to find out because they know that uh, she'll shut down their weird show but Finn and Jake can't help themselves they tell her anyway everyone comes to the security booth and Bubblegum predictably wants to shut this down. So she finds Lemon Grab and asks him why he's doing this and he says he's lonely, she made him, she's his glob, meaning she's his god. He runs away screaming, ripping off his clothes in a way that's so disturbing and annoying and Bubblegum realizes that she should not have made her second-in-command live in a castle by himself. So she uh, tries to get some of the candy people to go but they essentially get ready to revolt. They hate Lemon Grab so much. Except this group of kids called the, um, what are they called, the Pup Gang, who are delinquents, they pretty much ask for amnesty in exchange for agreeing to go live in Castle Lemongrab. So they go, and Lemongrab does not like the way that they act, so he starts torturing them with electroshock. Finn and Jake and Peebles, there, there's uh, something in between. Oh, oh, uh, even this doesn't satisfy him. He comes back and starts stalking sleeping candy people again. Eventually, Finn and Jake and Peebles uh, go to Castle Lemon Grab to resolve the situation and free the pup gang. But um, Lemon Grab attacks them. Um, he puts Finn and Jake in the electroshock room, but Jake saves everyone, including the pup gang, by getting everybody off the floor. And then Lemon Grab's about to attack Bubblegum with his sound sword, but Finn jumps in the way and takes the hit for her, losing his hat in the process. And we see that his hair has grown out a little bit. And at that point, Bubblegum stops Lemon Grab from freaking out by introducing him to a second Lemon Grab, essentially a clone of him that looks exactly the same, called Lemon Grab 2, who is naked. And uh, the two Lemon Grabs realize that they have each other now, and they love each other, and they rub foreheads in a super creepy way. And Finn, Jake, Bubblegum, and the Pup Gang leave. And the lemon grabs tell them to visit anytime they want, as long as they call first. I found this less annoying than the first lemon grab episode. He screamed slightly less. Uh, it had a plot that I could handle more. Um, everyone, I like that everyone in the Candy Kingdom agrees with me that lemon grab is just the worst. Uh, so that I, I, I can dig. Justin, where are you at? I love it. I love. I mean, I love all the the lemon grab episodes. I really. Uh... Oh. God. I love the stuff with Peppermint Butler at the beginning. That again, sort of teasing his aura, and uh, you don't want to see his true essence, right? Right, which is consistent throughout the series, which is pretty pretty incredible. Um, I like the idea that the only person that can stay in Lemon Grab is Lemon Grab. I mean, I like the story in general. I like everything to do with the Pup Gang. 
specifically Jake um, getting hit in the head with a basketball, um, which in their teaser art they show a picture of, and it's my favorite of all the teaser art. It's just like them like looking mean and like someone hits Jake with a basketball. It's, it's very simple. Um, but I like that. I like when Lemon Grab tortures annoying children. That's very enjoyable for me. Um, I like him trying to interact with Crunchy, which doesn't really work for him. And I like his argument that maybe, you know, that he can only kind of follow what he knows uh, and his own uh, his own way of things. I love Finn just – and I love the when he defends uh, Bubblegum the way he does, when he just sort of almost lays everything on the line. He gets electrocuted, cla- like crashes through glass and takes a, a blast from the sound store. And uh, it's pretty incredible. I like everything, and I like Lemon Grab, and I certainly love the introduction of Lemon Grab 2 into the mix. Brad's worst nightmare, too, Lemon Grab. Um, well, Lemon Grab 2, actually, I don't want to spoil too much, but later on, Lemon Grab 2 probably becomes the most interesting thing about Lemon Grab. So I, and I'm I not, agree with that, too. Yeah, so I'm not that upset about his introduction. I gotta go with Brad, man. Lemon Grab just does not do it for me. It's just an annoying character who's just annoying for... 10 minutes of time. I, I don't know. Like, I guess the episode was okay. I just, if you don't like that character, it's kind of something to slog through. It's kind of how I felt about it. They make it very clear that if you don't like Lemon Grab, it's your own problem. You just don't get him, man. And no, his I lemon don't. heart. I don't get his lemon styles. I Embrace hate them. the lemons. No, and the next Lemon Grab episode is so bad. And it's so, so weird. So gross and so strange. It combines all the things about Adventure Time that I don't like. We'll talk about it later. I, just, I can't oh. wait because I'm sure I love it. I don't remember it, but I'm sure I love it. Oh. Lemon Hope I'm okay with, though. Lemon Hope is all right. And so is Too Old. Yeah, Too Old is pretty good. And Mystery Dungeon. Oh, God. The next one, though, we have to get through it. Oh, God. I want to talk about preview art a little bit. I, um, because what is this preview art you speak of? So if you if you go on Adventure Time Wiki or the Adventure Time Tum- the official um, Adventure Time Tumblr, you can see um, storyboards that aren't used in the episode that are used as previews for the episodes. So like last week, I talked a little bit about um, the preview art for Sons of Mars, where it shows um, Magic Man reaching out longingly as Margles falls off of Olympus Mons, and this week it shows the pup gang throwing a basketball at Jake's head. So it's like stuff that sometimes factors into the episode. Do you think it's spoilery, Justin? I mean, I think it is to an extent, but they certainly allude to something, and I mean, they make it's, the artwork kind of makes it specific. I feel like it's it's enough that you can draw a conclusion. And that's I didn't even make this I didn't even get to make this comparison on the last episode because I totally forgot about it. But Magic Man and Ice King are both people that are have distinctly been drawn as uh a different person before and after uh a central event in, in this case. Right, right, both tied to an incident with a woman. Both of them now are sort of um I would say antagonists because of it and, and are, are worse based on that event. And they also have strong connection with characters with multiple G names. In the case of Magic Man, uh, Glob, Grod, God, Grob, and all that stuff. And then Gunter, Gunter, um, Gunter, Gunter, like and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. So there's something – I feel like there's something to that. But I can't put it all together. But yeah, I would say it's it, it probably will end up being spoilery. Mm. Well, speaking of stuff that's a little bit less hard to put together, there's this uh, neat little bottle episode called Who Would Win? Why don't you tell us about it, Kevin? It's very pro-wrestling-esque. So 
for being on Pro Wrestling Pondering. It's fitting. So yeah, Jake and Finn are kind of hanging out. Finn's attempting to jump over this gorge, and Jake has to catch him because he just can't do it. And they end up flying to this beach brawl that they, well, that's what they call it. And it's uh, a bunch of tough guys fighting this character called The Farm, which is this legendary fighter from the Shiny Isles. And it's literally like this barn person thing. And uh, everyone's trying to fight him. He's accepting challengers. And if you defeat him, it's a, it's a big, you know, you can be a legendary person yourself. So another legendary fighter called The Train shows up to fight. But uh, the, the farm just sits down on him, breaks his legs, and it's all over. And uh, he has a friend who makes biotic legs, so it's okay. And Finn wants biotic legs too, but the train won't give him the name of the, the friend who makes them, so he cannot have them, and Jake says that's probably for the best. So Finn decides that he wants to challenge the farm, and Jake's kind of okay not challenging him because his legacy is this game called Copious Castle that he's really good at, but uh, Jake kind of convinces Finn to go along and challenge him anyway, so they need to do some training first. So they go to this, they have this training montage, and Jake's not really paying attention. He's really mostly playing Copious Castle, which, uh, Castle. what's it? Compy's Castle. Compy's Castle? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Finn gets really mad at him for not concentrating on the training, and he chops the game out of his hand. And this Jake gets Jake really mad. So he's going to break Finn's bones and then heal him with the magic goo they got from the Cyclops' eye. So that's a nice throwback here. And they get into this really big fight, and they, they fight really dirty. Like, they're biting each other. Uh, Jake pulls Finn's pants down. Uh, they bite his butt. They use mud. It's just, just gross. And they bruise each other up and all that. You know, Jake wants an apology for Finn breaking his game. Well, Finn wants an apology for Jake not taking the training seriously. And they both finish fighting and they decide, you know what? We're going to go fight the farm by ourselves. And they're all bruised up and tired. So they end up falling asleep and being punched into the ground by the farm. And the farm drops a bunch of animals on them. And they wake up together in this dream world with the Dream Warrior, who's this guy who owns like a cheap car dealership. And he gives them this weird advice, and they get woken up with a hose. And they really don't understand the advice they just got, but they feel refreshed, and they apologize to each other for fighting and all that. And after all well-rested, they decide to fight the farm. And Jake realized that the Dream Warrior was telling them to use the dirty tactics that they learned while fighting each other to beat the farm. And it works! They pull his pants down, they bite him... They use mud and all that, and they end up beating the farm, getting some medals, and that's the end of the episode. And yeah, it was a fun little one-time bottle episode thing, and it uh, showed some growth between Finn and Jake. So that's fun. What do you think, Brad? It reminded me a lot of a season one episode, especially the ending where they got the medals that like are never referred to again, and the farm is never referred to again, and neither is the train. There's an episode that comes up comes out later called Jake Suit, which I feel like does this same thing. That this episode does, but a little better, where like Finn and Jake are at odds with each other, and you don't know if they can really handle life without each other, like who's the strongest, who's the best. The episode Dungeon in season one was like this. I feel like this is a little bit interchangeable with Dungeon, but I, but I, I do think it's funny. Like, I, I think the stuff with the train and the farm are both, are both very funny. I like the way the farm pooped out animals. So it's cute, but it's, it's kind of inconsequential. Yeah, I, I, this is, I mean, I love this episode. This, of all the episodes that I, I all that I forget about exist at all. Uh, you know, those episodes we mentioned where we have to be reminded that they're there. This is my favorite of those because, like you said, there's nothing super important about it, but it's it's so funny, especially as a wrestling fan. Um, everything with the train is uh, just is perfect. Uh, and I it's it's the episode I laugh the hardest at, honestly. I think it's funny throughout, start to finish. Um, 
And it's the only time we really see up to this point um, Finn and Jake fight one another. And it's my favorite fight scene because it just evolves into a series of like further escalating cheat moves. And it, I just I'm always like howling with laughter by the end. It's so funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this. Of the four episodes that we've done, this is probably my favorite of, uh, for, for this episode. This is my favorite of those four. I love it. There is definitely some Mike Judge Beavis and Butthead influence in that fight scene. Oh, definitely. I, I kept my mind kept going back to it throughout the fight scene. Like this is some serious Beavis and Butthead stuff. Right. But we um, don't, we don't we've never seen them physically adversarial like that before. No, um, not really. And it, it wasn't. I mean, even this wasn't super serious. But you get the impression that Finn is not playing around. Um, yeah. Even if it is a bunch of cheap moves, this was Finn really you know this was their this was the first true clash that we see of how different they are coming to blows with one another and you got to think at some point um you know there's it's going to be even more than this but uh for now it's it's the only time they've done it and i thought it was great for sure does jake play that Um, game ever come back no but you know what does come back in the next episode what does come back brad the flame kingdom uh an ignition point Essentially, what, what, what's going on is uh, Flame Princess. Uh, she's really enjoying her time with Finn, but she's a little homesick, and she wants her scented candles. So Finn and Jake decide to go get them for her because she wants to get them, but she doesn't want to see her dad. Uh, luckily, Flambeau is around, and he casts Flame Shield on Finn and Jake, and they go to the Flame Kingdom to get those candles. But while they're there, they uncover a plot to assassinate the Flame King, Although they can't tell who's plotting, all they know is that one person has a snake voice, a hiss, and the other person uh, has an untied shoe. So uh, it's essentially a big, a big uh, adventure around the Flame Kingdom that wraps up with Finn and Jake impersonating a couple of actors in an attempt to warn the king that he's about to be assassinated. But then they're accused of assassinating the king because he misinterprets their message. Then they expose their executioners as the as the conspirators. The king calls them out as his niece and nephew, and we find out that the king assassinated his own brother to become the Flame King, at which point the most important part of the episode is revealed that everyone in the Flame Kingdom is evil, and so is Flame Princess. So we're going to have to obviously reckon with that going forward. This episode actually doesn't do a lot for me. I do. I just like a lot how it wraps up in the revelation, and it causes a new... Uh, a new uh, level of static, a new level of, of problems between Finn and Flame Princess. Do you know what I really liked about this episode was, like, the mood of it. Like, the the way things were shot inside of the, the kingdom. Like, Finn and Jake looked blue, and just, like, the, the, the costumes for, the for like, the play were really cool. I just thought it looked really neat. Um, so that was probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, the story was what it was. Uh, you know, I think it's... It's neat that she's evil, but maybe not because Finn can hopefully turn her for good. But that's really what I got out of it. I just had a fun time just looking at how how cool everything looked in this episode. It just looked and felt different to me. Yeah, I, I like this one too. Um, I, not as much as, as some of the other ones just because it's um, – I don't know. I just – I'm not all that interested in the Flame Kingdom. Not not particularly. I don't know why. I, just, I was never – all that into even the the flame princess stuff wasn't all that fascinating to me and um felt very similar to stuff i felt like i'd seen in in other other cartoon shows um 
But yeah, this one's really good. I, there's a line near the end because they're making all these like overt references to Hamlet. Um, and at the end, when Jake suggests like the exact plan essentially from Hamlet and Finn goes, did you like say something like, did you come up with that? Jake was like, yeah, I came up with that all by myself. Um, I laugh really hard every time he does that. And I can't remember. This is the episode where Flambeau spits in his face and no, brags about it. He, that's the first episode. That's um, uh, what's it called? Hot to not hot to the touch. Incendium. Right, right. Okay. So that yeah, that didn't even take place in this episode. But um, I I like the mystery aspect to it. But it, I don't know. It's it's not my favorite. I really just liked all of the specific Shakespearean references. Mm. Well, I like the snail search. Why don't you tell us about it, Kevin? Yeah, let's talk about the snail search. So in Lady Peoples, the snail's sitting by PB's back when her and Lady Rita Corn are talking in that igloo cave hut thing about their plan to free Finn and Jake. And you made me the snail sitting on the banana guard security desk when they're watching for Lemon Grab. In Who Would Win, he just shows up in the background of the training montage, uh, specifically the point where Finn is using Jake as a jump rope. And in Ignition Point, uh, there's like the shelfies on the background when the, uh, the flame guards are passing Finn and Jake as they pose like a painting. And they're talking about not wanting to miss out on snacks. So, yeah, that's where the snail was this week. In guest voice news, George Takei uh, returns as Ricardio in, in Lady and Peoples. <laughs> Max Charles, who is the voice of Sherman in Peabody and Sherman, was the voice of someone in You Made Me. Is he the voice of all the lemon care, of lemon grab? I'm not sure. Uh, he might be crunchy. I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But more interestingly, in Who Would Win, there's a trio of, or well, two really interesting uh, voice actors, but first... Tom Gamel or Tom Gamil, he was uh, one of the Grob characters. He's a writer. He was uh, the voice of the farm. Uh, Dana Snyder, the voice of Master Shake, was the train. And Matthew Broderick was the dream warrior, which is a big, a big get for Adventure Time. And then in uh, Ignition Point, Keith David returns as Flame King, and Paul F. Tompkins uh, did a guest spot as one of the conspirators. So cool stuff, uh, voice-wise. Why don't you tell us about Twitter, Justin? Yes, my Twitter is Justin J. Houston. I already told you that. Mm. I don't know why you don't remember, but <sighs> anyway, I write a column called Rub Raw. It's on PW Ponderings. Um, I just completed the fourth part of my Future Endeavorable series. I'm sure it changed your life. You're welcome. And I do some other stuff, but it's all with Kevin, so he can do it. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at KFord13. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio by searching for PWP Podcasts. The show comes out Mondays, sometimes earlier if you're lucky, so that's fun. Also follow at PW Ponderings on Twitter. Justin and I sometimes podcast about Chikara. Sometimes we don't. Brad? You can follow me at Burger Weekly uh, if you like hamburgers. I, I write about them a lot, do a lot of burger stuff every, every single day. Or you can follow me at Garoon Gate. Um, and if you do, please follow the links there to my uh, ebook series on Dragon Gate. It's the history of Dragon Gate. There are, by the time you hear this, there are at least three up, maybe four. And by the time it's over, there will be at least nine, probably nine, possibly ten. But that tenth one won't come out for a long time if it, if it ever comes out. And the only reason I would do a tenth one is because ten is a nice round number. But I think nine is where I'll, I'll leave it because that's where Shima lost his third title. And, and I'm happy with that. But, you know, thanks to those of you who have bought it so far. Thanks to, thanks to everyone for listening. We're going to be back next week, probably next week, most likely next week, uh, to wrap up Season 4, which is crazy. And until then, thanks for flooping the pig. I flooped the pig. Mm-hmm.